0: In the 14th episode of The Modern Agilist, we interview Rasmus Co. Rasmus is a certified SAFE program consultant, agile leader, Scrum master, Scrum product owner, and Scrum professional. Rasmus is dedicated to bring Scrum, Kanban, and agility into organizations by having a full-stack, end-to-end, and top-to-bottom approach. Rasmus discusses how we should focus on building organizations rather than building software, and also discusses how his idea of the Agile playbook is beneficial for other Agilists and Scrum Masters. Yeah, Rasmus, how did you get into Agile? How did it start for you?
1: Oh, that's a long story. So uh, I graduated uh, from university a long, long, long time ago, uh, in computer science uh, as a software developer. And uh, I took on my first job uh, as a software developer, building a defense software um, in a company uh, working with CMI. And then a couple of months after starting, uh, we found out this uh, old American guy was writing an article about how we worked. And later I found out that old guy uh, was uh, a guy writing about how to do a CMMI five and agile together. So I sort of blind uh, entered into uh, the agile ways of work. So so that was my initial start into this. So, but going into what I do today, actually took a a few years uh, of more developing and coding and finding out what's wrong in the world of software development. Now, I wanted
2: to ask you um, that, um, you know, you, you, both Rick and myself, we started as developers and then pivoted into agile type work. Um, but you have gone much deeper, deeper than just a, a general developer. You're a technical lead developer, solution architect before going into the coaching. Kind of what prompted that change? Do you do you always feel good about that change or do you always feel like you have one foot in one and one front the other maybe kind of unpack that
1: yeah that mindset there yeah 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 that makes sense um <clears throat> so I come from the land of uh, Lego so uh, yeah. we have uh, the building blocks in our country and uh, so from a kid on I was actually doing a lot of building stuff and construction and so on so for me it was natural to go into uh, programming on the Commodore 64, when we started there. And then at one point, my dad bought a PC. So I started uh, programming on that. So uh, I've always been building software. Uh, but since I started early on, I've always seen it as constructing like building blocks, putting stuff together, uh, at least mentally in my head. Uh, and after some years of doing a commercial programming uh, in a financial institution, the, the largest bank in Denmark, I found out that it was actually quite annoying that people told me uh, which uh, bricks to use, where to place them and how high the tower should be. Mm-hmm. So instead I wanted to sort of see if there were other areas within software development where I could still play with. Uh, yeah, so uh, Lego bricks in terms of organization design, system thinking some people working together and everything on that so it's it's very much on a meta level i know that but but that's so that's the way that i perceive this uh this agile thing you No, know, so that that makes it,
2: that oh, makes yeah. a ton of sense and I, i'm wondering too like <clears throat> so you see it then it wasn't a and i even wonder if i want to change my language on this it's less of a <laughs> piz, pivot than a natural evolution because it's a are you seeing it's like you go from you know computer programming to Solution architecture, which is an abstraction layer up, and then from solution architecture, maybe even another abstraction up as far as the whole system's design, the whole process.
1: Mm. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, a, yeah, exactly. That's a great. That's a great way of putting it too. I've always kind of looked at, um, you know, being an agilist or being somebody who's, you know, savvy in that world as as a form of engineering. Actually, right, mm. you, you have different different processes, different people that you have to interact with. So it's just, like you said, an abstraction or even just a a different direction of engineering, right? So that's really cool what you both are saying. It's
1: great. Yeah, at least it makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm still programming, but now I'm programming organizations instead of programming software, right?
2: Yeah. You know what, we need to have a post right that has yeah. to be the name. <laughs> Programming <laughs> organizations. Yeah. yeah, I love it. <laughs> that that that's the cool. title. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you real quick, Rasmus. Have you heard of DAOs yet? Of what? Sorry. DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nope, but I can guess what it is.
2: All right, we'll get, we'll talk <laughs> after. <laughs> we'll, we'll have, it, yeah,
3: we'll have an episode on that too. Pretty soon, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This, yeah that, that's
2: the, the yeah, whole idea yeah. of programming organizations. Yeah. It, that's the zenith yeah. of it, and it's happening right now. So yeah. we'll talk later about that.
3: So, yeah. uh-huh. so you're you're working right now. Um, you you you've done some authoring. You you've, you've kind of started uh, building better software. Correct. That's that's what you're doing mm-hmm. now, and you have an agile playbook that kind of goes hand in hand. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Okay
3: can you dive a little bit deeper into what you what you all are doing at, at building better software and the agile playbook and stuff around that
0: yeah
1: um, so uh, building better software is a, a constellation between me and uh, a guy called son uh, mm-hmm. we are both uh, freelance uh, within agile uh, in different ways and <clears throat> we saw opportunity to sort of get together and figure out how to yeah make better software more or less, like, uh, and, and and it, it's pretty simple so so what we do is is uh, straight up uh, DevOps coaching and uh, i do some agile coaching and scrum mastery and so on and uh, teaching and training uh, but we saw an opportunity to to join forces seeing uh, we are hired in as consultants either for a short or longer period but at that point we we sort of get absorbed by the organizations that we are in and normally after three to six months you're not necessarily a part of the solution you are part of the problem right Mm -hmm. because you know everyone you know who you are not going to ask you know you know exactly what that guy is going to say when you do it and and sort of to see if we could pull ourselves out of that we we have this uh, building better software constellation where we can discuss of course uh, issues on how to solve something within an organization but also to get the input from someone who has only heard through me what the organization is uh, going through so, so mm-hmm. it's it's to do some knowledge sharing and, and figure out what way to do on, on the actual task that we have. Very uh, so so we see it sort of as uh, an agile guild or something mm. like that. It, it is, of course, a, com- a company and we are uh, sending out ourselves for money and so on. But, but we see it as we have different competencies that sort of support each other on, on the way that we uh, yeah, help organizations uh, grow in, in either way.
2: You mentioned something in there where you talked about eventually you cease from being a part of the solution to becoming a part of the problem. Could you kind of unpack that a little bit? What you mean by that?
1: So coming into a new organization which, which happened once in a while and when you're a consultant you you can see all the issues up front. You might of course jump to some conclusions and so on, but but you start looking around in the in the room and you can see that this guy is acting like that and these people are not a team, they are a group, and this is not uh, bottom up, it might be top down or left, right, or whatever it is. Uh, but once you get into a sort, certain pace and you start building software, building products, building whatever it is, you sort of get into the habit of saying, okay, I know that if uh, I challenge this guy on these parameters, he will respond like this. So either I talk to him in a certain way to divert the problem, or I don't talk to him at all, or I do something which I wouldn't do when I was new in the organization. Right. Uh, and and it is of course the, the the natural progression when you are in a consultancy task or assignment that you need to solve the problem fast uh, mm-hmm. and, and efficiently. But being a new guy, you want also to, to challenge everything, right? Prove your worth and make sure that your organization is actually getting, uh, to a place that's better than before you were there.
3: Yeah. I, that's really interesting. You say that I've had, um, you, so a lot of organizations will have, you know, permanent scrum masters, right? Or semi-permanent agile coaches or something like mm. that. And I've, I've personally been a proponent of, you know, okay, you're, you're permanent. This is where you work. You're not a consultant, which I think consultants are great. Um, But if you are in an organization, it's nice to switch teams or Mm. even have a a shared Mm. kind of scrum master agile coach approach because you get that fresh blood, those fresh ideas where I'm not used to this team. I'm not used to this group of people. I'm not used to this organizational unit. I'm now after six months, we're kind of trading off for a little while because that that really helps that that fresh Mm. perspective, like you're saying. I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and going into an organization, I also normally encourage the Scrum Masters to facilitate uh, different teams. So, so you might be permanent in one team, but please go visit the other guys and and, and help them because they'll get a different way of doing a retrospective or whatever it is. But you might also learn what their problems are and take their solutions back home and, and uh, sort of, to, I don't know, uh, pollinate the organization.
3: Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me at least.
3: Oh, that's great. No, that's, I agree entirely. I'm I'm all for that.
1: (laughs) That's great. So,
2: so this, um this agile playbook, great name, by the way, the (laughs) way it's presented on building software together is pretty awesome. I, in fact, started clicking into the tool you guys use for, for our listeners. It's basically a slide deck, but in the slide deck, everything that's in the slide is kind of interactive and you can dig in independently and it's, it's, it's a, it's like a program almost, right? Now, the one, the one main slide I kind of brought up and shared with the other guys is the whole kind of roadmap, where it shows like the steps that fall under from from idea to priority, ready, doing, and done. And what we typically think of as the the agile process mostly is kind of following under doing, but then you have kind of maybe the earlier stages might be uh, associated with like business development. Um, you know, product development and the the roles of the POs, and then maybe done is connected with the CI/CD type type stuff. <clears throat> Do you feel like the the presentation as a whole is is the unique contribution here, or are there particular areas here that you guys are like, you know, people haven't really unpacked this little
1: sub area, and we think we're doing it different? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure how to answer that, but uh, the, the way that I see this uh, Agile Playbook uh, is that it's sort of our collection of best practices uh, mm. on looking across a, a wide variety of organizations. So so this is not something that came into our heads. It's something that we saw and something mm. that we perhaps may have helped people to build in an organization. Uh, but no, no, none of the organizations that we've worked with actually doing this one-on-one uh, but it, it's sort of a catalog of what what could be do uh, what people could be doing if we were there as uh, agile coaches or scrum masters or product owners or something like that mm-hmm. um, and and i agree uh, on the visual side of this i totally agree i can't take credit for it it's it's our editor monique who's who set it up in this uh, this tool and i was quite surprised because I did a very boring PowerPoint <laughs> on all of these items here. Uh, but but yeah, it, it's really awesome because you can you can see that trying to be agile and perhaps use Scrum as your methodology, you actually need to do a lot of other things also, right? So you mm-hmm. need to figure out what it is you have to do, uh, when to do it and put it in a state where it's actually ready to be worked on. And then you can, of course, uh, complete it later. Uh, so so these are also the practices that we've observed that people are doing anyways, and why not help them saying that this is one way of doing. It. So if you want to perhaps start fresh or you are already doing something, then you could look into this playbook and get inspired on what is it that uh, yeah we are suggesting you to do when you start up or are already uh, commencing to this uh, Scrum world.
3: Yeah, I, I personally like this and appreciate, you know, the, the Agile Playbook and kind of the the categories, right, or the, the the tasks, right? The best practices, like you said, under these those those different categories of, you know, prioritization, ready, doing something. That I I'm I'm personally, and these guys will attest to it. I I don't like terminology, right? I don't like all the the acronyms and mm-hmm. you know the big terms. And somebody wrote a book, so you got to use it this way. And somebody else wrote this. And, I like to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. So this is a really cool, the playbook is a really cool way of listing out things that actually occur under these categories. Hey, when we're actually working on something, you know, what what are we doing? Hey, we can use Scrum, right? As, as, a, as a methodology, right? As a framework to get through the work yeah. as we process it through or acceptance testing. Everybody understands generally what testing entails and when does that fall? Okay, it falls towards the end of the, you know, the end of the playbook, which I really enjoyed kind of, of thinking of it outside of all the terminology you hear you know and all mm. the acronyms so this is good
1: yeah yeah and then as i said it's sort of like a, a buffet right so you can pick and choose yep. if there's something that doesn't fit into your way of uh, working then just leave it out change it do whatever you like
0: mm-hmm. um,
3: yeah i i, yeah? I think have you, you have you heard of of liberating structures too
1: yeah
3: I'm sure yeah. yeah so this this resonates with me they're very very similar mindsets right hey mm. you can string together these structures right now necessarily maybe the 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 playbook is a step above that right it's like mm. hey here's here's the processes and things that you can pick and choose from as you go mm. through and then when you do those things, you can implement some of the liberating structures. Okay, so we have to do some planning as part of kind of the idea and prioritization stage in the Agile playbook. Okay, within that planning, we can string together a couple of these liberating structures or a couple of different home-baked things. So that's also really neat. This is kind of a, a guidebook or a map to, to show mm. these are the – I'm just – I'm kind of I'm kind of gushing on the Agile playbook here. So yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, very, yeah,
2: very that's useful. Nice. Yeah. To, to to paint a picture of why we're attracted to this, and one of the reasons why we want to have you on the show is the whole idea with the modern agile. So we felt ourselves like increasingly maybe frustrated with just a baseline kind of agile certification training, and we were like, there are so many cool ideas and like advancements being made that you know we could create a platform where people can come and kind of get these merit badges or come in with this specific tooling, and that's kind of uh let our attention to go to people that allow something like that and so mm. the idea of, of being able to do that with the way you guys have structured this is is pretty cool is there one area in here where you feel like first off big props that you guys did just didn't write this as like some scientists you actually have these were observational this was deductively uh, produced as a scientific mm. basis right like uh, you know case studies as it were right but is there one in here where you're like this is probably the biggest miss or some of the biggest like uncapitalized opportunities
1: Uh, i think in general when people try to apply scrum they sort of lose this roadmap perspective and forecasting stuff Uh, i often hear people uh, when i interface them say that we are agile working with scrum so we have no idea what we're doing on monday because we first have our planning session on monday Right. And I can see that resonates with, with some of you also. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and that's sort of the biggest miss if you or misunderstanding if I, I I talk with people about Scrum and Agile, because that that's not at all what it's about. It's about having a flexible roadmap. It's about displaying this is what we, together with our product owner, imagine is going to come out of us over the next long period. If you want something different to come out of us, then please prioritize it higher. Right, and, and that's also what we try to stress with whole of the, the whole process going from left to uh, to right in the Agile playbook. So going from an idea shaped into uh, get it prioritized and putting into a ready state. So so it, it's it's things that when we discuss it is of, is very natural for people to actually do, um, <clears throat> at least for some organizations and other organizations they are. We have no idea what we're going to do. We just uh, plan on Monday. So let's do uh, whatever is on top.
2: I'll have to admit, in the earlier, much earlier stage of my Agile journey, I was like, listen, every sprint should be a release. I have no tolerance for this long term release planning. And it was basically just pain and experience that taught me human beings work backwards from long, l- longer, different term goals and that uh, and then with more study and just learning, realize that thinking in terms of releases and even quarters in the year is just unavoidable. You know, it's not mm-hmm. necessary to skip that in order to be faithful to the uh, delivering a potentially shippable increment every sprint. You know,
3: I think on, on LinkedIn too, Rasmus, you had um, the three kinds of, uh, you says, agile frameworks offer three kinds of services, right? Fis- fixed scope fixed cost and fixed deadline I like the one that says fixed cost and fixed deadlines will not give you fixed scope so, yeah yeah I mean <laughs> it's very true it's not
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And, not and, and that's also yeah and, and that's also when when some uh, big boss comes to a team saying so can you deliver on time and the short answer in scrum is yes of course we can
3: yeah. Yeah. What do you want me to deliver?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we have this, we have this list here and now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're yeah. here. We won't deliver everything. We know that, but now we're here. Yeah. So so we're just stepping through the backlog once in a one step at a time, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think a, a big a big mix, a miss that I personally experienced, right, and and observed is a lot of teams will say, um, you know, we don't know what's next. We don't we don't we haven't prioritized we haven't gone through like you said stepping through the backlog and adjusting things as things come along right they just uh it's 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 either mini waterfall right hey we're just gonna get it all done hope that we get it done by this date <laughs> um or you know oops something came up and uh, we haven't readjusted our priority so we can't then readjust our expectations when things will be delivered so mm. yeah very interesting
1: yeah yeah indeed it is and and also being the programmer i am um, mm-hmm. by nature right so so not knowing what we are going to do next sprint or perhaps even have an idea of what's coming into the sprint after that and a guess on what's coming following that sprint. Th- that that also frustrates me mm-hmm. also when i'm in a team because if we are going to develop a uh, feature a in this sprint then it would perhaps be nice architectural-wise, knowing yep. that feature B is potentially going into the next sprint and C is potentially going into the sprint right. after that. Right. So, so you don't start off. Uh, I know you shouldn't, of course, implement sort of the foundation in the first sprint and then build on top and on top, right? But, but mm-hmm. you should know that this is the direction over time. Uh, yeah.
3: And, uh, yeah, and I, like, I think that, that whole mentality uh, – you know, resonates with the entire organization, right? Is hmm. you want a roadmap to understand what the organization wants to achieve over a period of time. Same thing with the teams and the sprints. You you need to understand at least what is the target? Where do we want to be? Like you said, uh, a lot of times too, I've, I've, I've worked with engineers that have said very similar things. fine. I know we can't do part B and part C yet. We're not there yet. But we want to know what they are, so that as we're designing part A, we're designing in the right direction, in the right manner that would potentially, you know, uh, fit in or address the rest of the, you know, the future work that we have to do. So very, yeah. very
1: good. Yeah, that makes sense, and and also especially if you know that at some point in time you might want to integrate to external systems. Yeah. Then, then there's no need to make uh, the first run something that's totally unintegratable <laughs> or yeah. whatever the word is. Yeah, uh, so you don't do the integration, but you at least don't make something that's uh, not a, no, not able to add the integrations to. Yeah, awesome. I'm going to ask
2: you that this is a curveball, right? What do you say to an organization that's having the problem doing the exact opposite? They're working backwards from releases, and yet their sprints are basically just like, a, are we on track for the, for the release date? They're like thumbs up or thumbs down. But there's not any demo. But demonstrable kind of hey this subatomic subunit of capability
1: is done yeah so so there's many answers to that question right yeah, so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I think coming in in an organization with that mentality that the step one is also to make uh, it apparent to them what is going on so that they do it with open eyes so so Being the idealist that I am, uh, I can see that it would be better to do something different and I'll present that option to them, but I'm also a bit pragmatic. So I'll also make it apparent what's going to happen if they choose the current path they're on. And then if they sort of say, we need to stay on the the current path, uh, I need to figure out if it's worth my time. And if it is, then I need to figure out what is it I mean when I say agile in this context, because in, in, it, it, it sounds like some, some kind of hybrid of, of something like that, right? So it's mixing waterfall with Scrum and Agile and doing a lot of things. But but when we are in such a situation, there are other parameters that might be interesting to look at from the Agile uh, world. Uh, if we look into this uh, heart of Agile by Alistair Coburn, if you've seen that, yep. right? So one of the essential corners of that uh, metaphor is is of course delivery and then you can deep dive into so we want to deliver frequently and whatever but what if that's not the parameter that you're going for when you want to work agile Uh, i know i know it's perhaps a bit going against my own belief what would be the right solution here but but it could be the right solution in the current state that organization is in and 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 as such i'll sort of open up the other corners of this heart of agile looking into uh, uh, improvement stuff and collaboration stuff and 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 all of the other parameters that we can dive into
2: that's a really nuanced way to put that it might be the right state given the current state of development of the org
1: you know Mm. i I try to stay pragmatic I, i know some of our colleagues in in this world they they of course they're very true to the methodologies and, and and the agile manifest and there's nothing wrong with that and and I'm also in agreement with them saying that if we implement Scrum in the right way doing I don't know two or four week sprints and we sort of uh, as you mentioned earlier uh, just then push something out the door every sprint. Right, That's that's the optimal way, and that's where sort of our Nirvana, that's where we want to be. We want our product owner to be empowered. We want our customers to come in at our sprint reviews and so on. But maybe the organization isn't there yet. Maybe it will never get there. But if we sort of help them in one direction going there, hopefully over time they will see. So these are the first three parameters of uh, Heart of Agile. Maybe we should look into number four also.
3: So I, I wanna I wanna ask a, a slightly different question, but you had or, or there was some, some discussion around uh two different kind of terms or agile equals anti-fragile. What does that mean to you? You know, can you can you expound on that?
1: Um <clears throat> yeah, so agile meaning anti-fragile or whatever the right pronunciation is in English. Sorry <laughs> being Danish. No, that's um, perfect. <laughs> I'd say <yeah. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Great. So what we want to build is, of course, uh, self-organization and self-managing uh, teams. And mm-hmm. by doing so, we want them to be the opposite of fragile. So if we are in a state where we are uh, perhaps in the uh, resource allocation era of developing software, then we are very fragile. The team is not necessarily in a state where they are responsible able to take the responsibility. So we want to build uh, an agile team that is anti-fragile. So that m- means that if something happens to them, uh, an employee resigns, for example, then they figure out how do we survive that situation and become stronger, perhaps hiring in an even more experienced person or taking in a new person and, and pulling them up to level. Right. So, so the term is, is about being able to absorb the changes happening around you, and then become even better after that.
3: And how does that? How does that? Um, that same mentality, right? That that idea of self-organization and being able to be, I guess, resilient. Uh, mm. How does that? How does that manifest itself in a team that's maybe been around or is a more mature team? You know, so hey, we've we've got a, a solid core team. We've done this for a while. We know the product we're working on. Um, what are some steps that those types of teams can take to to kind of remain resilient and effective long-term?
1: Send one guy off to vacation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a fantastic, fantastic answer. That's actually good. Then see what happens. So yeah. if, uh, if, if nothing can proceed without that one guy, then you're not anti-fragile. And yeah, you're that's, very fragile. That's but then really- you need to figure out what you can do. Uh, so so from a, a, a bit more hands-on uh, perspective, mm-hmm. what I would normally do there is to take this uh, uh, management 3.0 practice, this mm-hmm. uh, competency matrix uh, with all the colors on, and then uh, we are, first we identify what is it that our team is needed to, to be able to do, and then we map out what is it that we are able to do, and where do we have the gaps, so uh, in which corner is it uh, only uh, me as uh, one developer who can do it, uh, and no one else can do it? Then we need to sort of strengthen that area and so on to become a bit more, uh, yeah, self-organizing and, and perhaps being able to go on vacation knowing that everything will continue. Right. Right.
2: You you mentioned a few things that kind of triggered mm-hmm. some thoughts, right? You talked about a focus on resource allocation. <laughs> and the clearest, like the most simplest description I've heard of that came out of a book that was recommended to us recently called This is Lean, Resolving the Efficiency Paradox. And I wonder, it sounds like the <laughs> author's name. He may be from your neck of the woods, right? And um, he talks about those are the two competing worldviews. Like, are you focused on the unit of value coming through the system or resource, uh, you know, uh, getting maximum out of the resources associated with the people, you know? Um, the other thing is you mentioned the management 3.0 yeah. another person I'm wondering, I, I'm wondering if the deepest thoughts are coming, uh, from yeah. your part of the world, um, yeah. the, this guy, uh, Jurgen Apello, right. And um, that book is, is absolutely blowing my mind on the depth of where all this yeah. goes is so much beyond kind of the typical circles of, of what I'm kind of getting here in the United States.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this uh, uh, management 3.0, it's sort of filled with practices that you just take out and use. So if you have a, a specific situation, like I mentioned with this, uh, we need to figure out how to become anti-fragile on competencies, then you can just take it off the shelf and just implement it. Of course, you'll need a couple of rounds on it before it gets perfect to your organization, but you can just take it off the shelf and use it. Yeah.
3: Very, very interesting. I want to totally take this a different direction because I have to ask these couple questions and I want to see how your experience as a developer, as an engineer and as an Agilist, right, kind of kind of factors into this. But um, so, you know, we've we've talked a lot about, you know, the the agile playbook, some of the frameworks, some of the ways that we think about things and making teams more mature and robust. Um, But I saw uh, through. Kind of your resume that i received you know when, when we were talking about getting you on the show and it said that you're part of a of a group called mock uh or a central jutland agile network is that correct and what is that and tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah <laughs> i was more or less so so it's a bit on pause and haven't really okay. been restarted after corona uh the whole COVID 19 thing yeah uh, so so that network was something I started a couple of years ago, so it's called. Let's see if I can translate it. Yeah, so. No, let's not do that. So it's a part of Denmark. Uh, <laughs> if it's uh, untranslatable,
2: okay. it's even more intriguing to our listeners. Yeah. So we'll just yeah, say yeah. <laughs> that untranslatable <laughs> network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. No, so and and the uh, the concept is actually uh, I don't know if you have that uh, in other countries, but in Denmark we have a lot of paid uh, professional networks where you uh, you pay a, a fairly high amount to be a member of it, and then you you go to other members' uh, companies and they sort of provide you with a room you can be in some coffee and cake and perhaps also an agenda you can do uh, while being there and Mm. learn from the others and and that's very good and uh, there's a big market for that Uh, but going out and being a a freelance guy and you have Mm. to pay yourself (laughs) i found out what if we do it for free (laughs) right so what if we do it on our own premises Uh, and i invite some people home to my office and they can in turn perhaps invite me into uh, some customer offices and so on so we get around in our uh, uh, neighborhood and we sort of have the same experience as if we've paid for it uh, only it's free mm-hmm. but then um, of course it's it's also a bit uh, uh, what you can call it is you can't expect the same amu- amount of people to come every time and you can't expect the same people to come every time Mm-hmm. So, so it it gets a bit uh, open source, and you are volunteering uh, to take the next step, and so on. Uh, we, we ran that for for a couple of years, and it it was very popular. Uh, and oh. then uh, we had a session that was scheduled, yeah, one and a half, two years ago, and and we never resurrected after <laughs> COVID-19. I, I hope to restart it at some point because I actually found it very valuable going into. Uh, different companies uh, without anyone paying for it so the expectations t- and and perhaps the level of honesty was a bit different than in the, the paid networks mm-hmm.
3: so you were able to kind of take some of your ideas to individual companies or other individuals or learn from them and kind of take them mm-hmm. back to the things you're doing is that am i am i understanding that correctly
1: yeah yeah exactly so so we went to perhaps a a big industrial organization having a software development or product development department trying out some agile stuff and they could have a a a talk on how they're doing the agile stuff and then of course a session following where we could discuss various input that we have received on the meeting and then either give some input to them or take something back home and and implement it at at, the organizations where we are
3: I think that's terrific. I, I, I want to ask, what, what do you find that was maybe one of the more valuable things you've learned from engaging in, in those groups, in a group like that?
0: That concludes this episode of The Modern Agilist. You now have the opportunity to hear the rest of this podcast when you become a member of the Modern Agilist community. Members get access to extra exclusive content, including behind the scenes content, learning content and much, much more. To learn more or to sign up, go to themodernangelist.net and click Join the Community.